we're back. Hey, we're back live here on Cannabis Chat for a Friday afternoon. A reminder that Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we're live in this studio. I give an opportunity for the cannabis industry to have a friendly place to tell their stories and share their stories about this amazing plant that has saved and changed so many lives. David Rabinovitz is joining us in studio every Friday. We call it the Green Rush. We do focus on the business of cannabis. And one of the greatest businesses of cannabis is in the research world. And when it comes to research and it comes to cannabis, there's only one person I think about. It's Dr. Marion McNabb. And I got to tell you, Marion, you are one of the, I think there's three or four others out there that have now been on In the Weeds with Jimmy Young, we talk live with Kurt Dalton and myself, and now Cannabis Chat. So I embrace you like I wish I could on Boylston Street like we used to do. Good yeah. to see you. Yeah, I think I was one of your first speakers on one of those. Yes, you did, did were. Did you get like an SNL smoking jacket now? What's that? You know, the Saturday Night Live smoking jackets after you've hosted four times? Oh, I didn't know that they did that. <laughs> I, all I know is when it comes to jackets this weekend, the only one I really want to even talk about is the green jacket. The Masters is going on. And don't anybody tell me what happened in the second round, please, because I've recorded it and it's something I enjoy watching. But Marion, let's talk about your research because I understand it was featured on a great webinar that I took in by this new magazine called Cannabis Science and Technology. Tell us about how all that came about and how uh, amazing is it for you to get recognition for the research you've been doing on veterans? Yeah, thank you. And thanks for having me on today, Jimmy and David. Um, yeah, very excited this week. Um, so last year we conducted uh, together with Stephen Mandile and uh, Ann Brom of Joint Venture & Co. Uh, alongside UMass Dartmouth, the 2019 uh, Veterans Health and Medical Cannabis Study. And as part of that um, you know, project last year, we also ran the Cannabis Advancement Series, which were six events, uh, bringing together researchers, policymakers, veterans, um, those in the cannabis community that are committed to uh, veterans access um, to uh, you know, have six events discussing um, how we could advance access and reviewing uh, some of the research findings that we had. Uh, so we got in touch earlier this year with Cannabis and Science and Technology Magazine, uh, Meg LaRue and her colleagues. And uh, over the last few months, several months, uh, we've put together um, and, and in partnership a new supplement to the Cannabis Science and Technology Magazine called Cannabis Patient Care. Um, and the 2019 Veterans Health and Medical Cannabis Study, I'm very grateful that um, it's highlighted in this issue alongside uh, really well-written stories and articles about uh, from a variety of perspectives around uh, veterans' access to medical cannabis. So Stephen Mandile um, and uh, some of the advocacy work um, that's been done um, and, you know, uh, veterans' uh, perspectives uh, from a caregiver's perspective, for example. Um, so very thrilled and very grateful to um, some of the key sponsors from the study and, and the event where we launched uh, this publication. Um, so that was held on Wednesday on Veterans Day, uh, presented the findings from the study, and then we was followed by a panel of a very meaningful uh, panel of veteran stories and, and uh, opinions and uh, views around medical cannabis and its benefits and where we should go from here uh, to increase access. Um, so, yeah, I'm just very honored to have worked uh, with these colleagues who have been supported by the Thorne Law Group and um, others, uh, our study sponsors, um, to actually make this possible. 
How many people were involved in your research study, Mary? So in the study, uh, in, the, in the Veterans Health and Medical Cannabis Study, we had 545 veterans take the survey um, last year. Um, a little over half of those were actually from Massachusetts, and the majority of our study partners uh, we're from Massachusetts. It's a convenient sampling approach we used. Um, you know, conducting cannabis research studies is very interesting. It's it's not like conducting normal healthcare uh, or clinical studies. Uh, funding streams are not uh, traditionally there or available. Um, there's federal illegality and in terms of being able to actually handle and um, possess cannabis or <clears throat> actually, you know, uh, so there's just a lot of challenges around cannabis research. Anyway. Uh, the way that we've conducted our studies is uh, partner with different cannabis dispensaries um, and different, um, you know, ancillary businesses um, to help us uh, really get the word out, uh, get uh, veterans to fill our surveys. And then also, like I said, really uh, bring education out there and try and bring this data uh, forward. Um, so, again, we had 545 veterans. <laughs> so that, wow. that that's pretty thorough. Good count. Yeah. Um, Conclusions, Marion? Um, we know that uh, our veterans perhaps get taken advantage of way too much by uh, those who want to take advantage of others rather than help them. But then on the other side, there's a lot of people who go out of their way to support and help the cause. Um, we just talked to Tom Rand uh, for Patriots Helping Veterans, and uh, some of the okay. stories he was telling were pretty, pretty intense. But um, can we talk a little bit about what you learned from that study? Yeah, so some top key findings. Um, <clears throat> basically, uh, in the study, we asked, what are your top health conditions? Um, do you consume cannabis? And if so, uh, for what health conditions, what symptoms um, are you finding uh, general relief and quality of life? Um, what are some barriers and access issues? Um, so within the, you know, summarizing the findings, um, the top health conditions that our veterans find medical cannabis to be most helpful for are 38% chronic pain, uh, followed by 25% PTSD and then 9% anxiety. Um, the veterans in our sample, uh, really uh, about half of them are above the age of 50, majority are white, um, and about half of them served in Operation uh, the Iraq War um, or the Vietnam War. Um, and we can see that um, uh, we also ask, um, you know, the number of prescription medications um, that you're taking uh, for these health conditions on average, it's 4.1. Um, and what we found was that, you know, 78% uh, of the veterans in our sample uh, reported that they use medical cannabis to reduce the use of unwanted or over-the-counter prescription medications. Um, and in fact, this is a, to me, a public health um, emergency in some ways and a call to action um, because in addition, 30% of the veterans in our sample said that they have prescription medications in their house that they do not use and that they would like to get rid of. Um, building upon that, uh, uh, let me just pull up the numbers. A lot of the <clears throat> uh, uh, veterans in our sample are um, in fact, you know, um, using like, I, as I said, using medical cannabis to reduce uh, over-the-counter prescription medications, but 87% report, or these, those were specifically with PTSD um, in our sample, report using alcohol much less or less now, using opioids much less or less now, um, and 72% report using prior non-opioid medication much less or less now with the use of cannabis. 
67% um, report using tobacco less and 96% report uh, a greater or greater quality of life now with their medical cannabis use. So <clears throat> what we're finding is that <clears throat> uh, veterans are preferring to use medical cannabis for particular health conditions. Um, they're preferring the use of medical cannabis over some of these prescription medications that often have side effects that are unwanted and you have to get another prescription to deal with those side effects. Um, and what we are also finding is that um, veterans are spending a lot of money out of pocket for medical cannabis. It's not covered uh, by health insurance and cost was reported as uh, the top barrier. Wow, that's a lot of, that's a lot of information as usual, um, Marion, and I appreciate that. Um, some fascinating stats. 67% have given up smoking. Numbers. Are they used tobacco less or much less now? Wow. Maybe not great. fully given up, but yep. report. Um, and those are specifically among those with PTSD. Among those nationally that use tobacco less is 63%. So veterans with PTSD are more likely to uh, report using tobacco less with use of cannabis. Um, how, can you go over the, the symptoms of PTSD? Can, how, like, for instance, if we know a veteran, um, what would we want to look for just in, just in cases to learn a little bit more about how to identify it? Yeah, so actually uh, we described this in the publication. So um, there's a whole section in the article that I wrote um, that describes the current treatment of PTSD, what are the symptoms and how it's often managed uh, clinically. Um, so, I mean, there's a, a wide variety of symptoms and I think PTSD also, uh, there's a scale that the VA uses to actually um, document the severity of PTSD. Um, and we asked those questions in our study as well to understand um, so that we could translate that information to the VA and saying, you know, self-reported um, uh, PTSD symptoms, according to the scale that you use, um, is in our sample as well. Um, so these range from like anxiety, uh, depression, uh, insomnia, nightmares, flashbacks, um, triggers around loud noises, um, memories um, that uh, pop up and persistent um, and hard to uh, stop the real, so to speak. Um, and, uh, you know, just heightened awareness and anxiety. Um, so, and it's also important to note, I mean, veterans obviously um, have disproportionately impacted by uh, PTSD, but PTSD is obviously a, a condition that impacts uh, the general population as well. Um, so uh, these findings of medical cannabis having its benefit for PTSD and veterans also, you know, um, we should be continuing to look in the, in the general population of those who suffer with PTSD. Yeah. Um, but you, go ahead. No, you don't have to be. The other thing is you don't have to be a veteran yeah. to have some kind of a traumatic uh, injury or an event in your life. Um, so PTSD is not strictly for veterans, right? Correct. Correct. Um, yeah. Exactly. Um, so, and, you know, uh, it's basically post-traumatic stress disorder. So right. anybody experiencing any kind of trauma, uh, witness in a difficult situation, I mean, in combat situations, obviously, but I mean, first responders, healthcare providers, um, you, know, um, you know, people with sexual trauma, physical abuse. Um, uh, there's a, you know, obviously a, a wide range of, of uh, people that uh, could be impacted by PTSD. Yeah. 
um, which is kind of sad, obviously, because there's too many of them out there. Um, let, let's talk about this horrible virus that's around that's keeping us all from being in the same studio, uh, among other things. Um, there's been a lot of research done on COVID and cannabis. Uh, one particular uh, gentleman researcher we got to talk to was out of the University of um, Alberta at Lethbridge, Dr. Igor Kovalchuk. And he's done some modeling and found that indeed uh, some of the cannabinoids that are in the cannabis plant can actually help fight or fight off some of the um, COVID virus that's out there. What, what do you got? And anything in, uh, in that realm of things, anything happening in the COVID world that you've discovered uh, that uh, you might want to share? Absolutely. Um, so uh, when COVID-19 hit, uh, we very quickly pivoted to work with UMass Dartmouth to launch the COVID-19 medical cannabis and um, uh, cannabis consumer study. So we launched that research study earlier this year and um, with the intention of trying to understand um, how, how COVID-19 has impacted uh, cannabis patients from a health perspective, from an ability and access perspective, um, and from, um, you know, sort of like behavioral perspectives, uh, both cannabis consumers and patients. It's an anonymous survey as well. Um, and we've been running it for a few months and really grateful to our study partners um, who also have supported this work. Uh, we couldn't, couldn't do it without them. So we um, are still in the process. Our study is going on until August of next year. Um, and you interviewed Dr. Igor, and thank you for introducing me and providing his information because he is now going to speak at an event that we're running. As part of our study, I mean, I can dig into some really interesting findings that we have so far on uh, how COVID is impacting uh, consumers and patients. Um, but I put together an event um, on December second. Uh, uh, I want to make sure I get it right. Um, <laughs> I'll put the, I can uh, also post the event link. Um, it's uh, on a Wednesday and we have invited about seven different researchers from a variety of perspectives that are looking at cannabis and COVID. One is Dr. Igor and his modeling. Um, another is uh, Dr. Denise Vido, who's um, uh, part of the University of Miami, who's also doing a population level study. Um, we have um, MCR Labs is going to be presenting as well because um, they have been interested in looking at, you know, what is the impact on uh, the industry side. Um, we have another preclinical pre researcher, Dr. Mahesh, who will be joining in uh, from Texas, who's also finding some really interesting interactions of cannabinoids in terms of either the cytokine storm, um, what happens in uh, during infection, um, and then, you know, looking at Igor's work, which is almost at like a preventive level, um, you know, really interesting stuff. Um, and let's see, who else do we got going on here? Uh, Dr. Uh, Kibra, uh, I don't know if you know Kibra, you should, if you don't, she runs Canna Health. Um, she's going to be speaking what she's seeing from the clinical perspective. Um, she's a medical, can she's, she runs medical cannabis clinics at, uh, um, Connecticut, great friend and colleague. Um, and then uh, we will also have um, uh, uh, Jason Nelson from Cresco Labs, uh, who's been really looking into some of the reviews of the science and the research that's going on out there um, as well. Um, and I think it's going to be a really lively discussion. I, if we look at it from a preclinical modeling side, what's happening right now at those population level studies, uh, what's happening clinically, and what do we need to be uh, prepared for is kind of what this event's all about. Will there be a recording of that event after the fact, perhaps? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we'd love to share that with our audience as well. So we want to make sure that we follow up um, with that, uh, Marion, because uh, you know me. I, you know, whether whether you think I've got a voice for the cannabis community, but I guarantee you there's nobody more loud or passionate than I am about this, as you know, and we're willing to share any kind of information. And are you finding that your education and the research that you're doing, it, is, is it finally getting through to some of the pig-headed politicians and legislators that we are have to enlighten? Yeah, I mean, I hope so. Um, <laughs> I hope so. Uh, I, you know, we have uh, tried to work to use this data uh, for political change and um, have done so in Massachusetts. Uh, we're not successful with the bill uh, that we wanted to pass last year, but going to continue to move forward and, and still provide information and, and push bills forward. I know Stephen Mandela is doing that. Um, I think this information is, is incredibly helpful for a variety of stakeholders, um, for politicians, for healthcare providers that are largely uneducated, for patients themselves. Um, and for the industry, I, I think one of the, you know, the industry needs to really, I, I'm hoping and, and hoping to see them continue to grasp on more onto the value of this kind of data, um, understanding how your patients are consuming and how much and what they're consuming for can really help make sure that you provide the right products for the right patient profiles. And I think the medical cannabis industry still has work to do in Massachusetts. Um, I know that it's really easy to mass produce uh, you know, uh, similar types of strains or products to maximize profits. But um, I, still, I still think there's room for medical product innovation in our markets in Massachusetts and in the United States. And it's, an, it's important to understand, um, you know, from, from that perspective, because somebody with chronic pain or somebody with anxiety, um, you know, they might need very different things. And, um, you know, I think there's room for more. Right. And of course, we all know that it, it it affects people differently, no matter where you are and what you're all about. So, uh, well, Dr. Marion McNabb, I, as always, I enjoy seeing you. I wish, I wish we could see each other face to face again. Hopefully that day will come sooner rather than later. Um, I wish you the best of luck. Uh, how do people get in touch with you the Center for Cannabis Excellence? Yeah, thank you. And thank you so much for having me on today, guys. Um, so you can uh, reach out on www.cannacenterofexcellence.org is our website. Yep. Uh, we're on Instagram. Uh, we're also on Twitter and Facebook and do a lot of that. Uh, we're on LinkedIn as well. Um, so stay tuned. Our next event is, like I said, December 9th <laughs> at uh, noon Eastern Standard Time. It's a free event, uh, COVID and uh, cannabis, uh, where we are in the state of the evidence and, and where do we need to go. Um, and I uh, look forward to um, helping to see you in person very soon, Jimmy. Um, we'll meet on Boylston Street. Yes, ma'am. Also, it. hope to see you soon, too. And I want to catch up, David, about all the social equity work and all the good stuff you're working on. Marion, if you send me a link with a, a quick blurb, I can get that out in my weekly communique to the SCs and EEs. Oh, cool. Great. Thank you. Appreciate right. it. And I'll just keep talking about you. Hi, Dr. Mary <laughs> McNabb. Thank you again. Great to see you. And uh, we look forward to a continued relationship and always am fascinated by your research and your hard work on the cause. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Y'all have a great, great evening and great weekend. Thank you, you so Bye. much.